Welcome to the Playing Full Out podcast, episode number nine, when working better, smarter, different isn't enough. We all know that success and higher performance has to do with your mind and your mindset, but there is a difference between knowing that and being able to apply and integrate that knowledge to affect outcomes. There is a difference between getting new information and adding it into your system and assimilating it. We know the science, but how do we master the art of reprogramming our mind to work for us? That's the topic of today's podcast. Welcome to Playing Full Out, where you'll discover tips to break through the personal and professional barriers in a hectic world that are preventing you from leading your optimal vision of life at work and home. This is the podcast for passionate life travelers and leaders who want to live a deliberate, confident, and fulfilling life and change the world while they do. I'm your host, Rita Hyland, and in each episode, we'll expose you to something new in the areas of passion, performance, and psychology that you can immediately apply to grow your life, love, and leadership. Hi, this is Rita, and I'm excited you're here today because I'm talking today about the secret sauce and the practical ways to reprogram your subconscious mind to work for you. If you are like the masses, you've probably become trapped working hard to make a change. If you are the kind of person who's stuck where you are, working hard to affect a change in your career or your business, you're likely using a limited part of what you possess and what you're capable of. Most people are trying to make career changes or grow their business to the next level by creating or leading and relying on their effort and their hustle. And this is the hardest way to get there and provides the smallest amount of leverage. It is not to say that your willpower isn't strong, but it is to say that there is another part of you that has dormant reserves of energy that can be tapped for greater unleashing of our potential to make the contributions to our home and our businesses and our communities that we are so desperately needed. Most have made the decision to put in the hard work and grind it out and grit it out because that's what they've learned and that's what their supposed experts have told them. But maybe you are already working hard and you're doing everything you think you should. And no matter how many new strategies or new learnings or new motivational talks that you collect, it's not getting you further than burnout and exhaustion. And it's frustrating because you're smart and you've had a decent level of success. Here's the deal. Your solution is this, to reprogram your mind to work for you. What do I mean when I'm talking about your subconscious mind? The best metaphor that's often used is to understand the iceberg. The iceberg has 20% of it exposed above the water. And that 20% in terms of of our mindset is our willpower. It is that which we use for to force or project or create. The bottom 80% is that part that's unseen and that represents the subconscious mind. Just like when you drive somewhere and you can talk on the phone, of course, Bluetooth, and then you realize all of a sudden that you're, you're at your destination without actively working on it, you can do the same thing by reprogramming your subconscious mind to again do the same thing by working effortlessly or by programming it. I'm going to give you a couple ways to practically apply this and teach you the formula 
that will help you reprogram your subconscious mind for whatever it is that you want. Right now we're talking about business, but this can be your relationships. It can be your sales goal. It can be your health. I want it to be clear that I am not teaching from a motivation type of a place. This isn't about rah, rah. This is about transformation. And when you desire a change, I think that it's important. I think one thing that's missing for people is that you have to build your life around the transformation that you want. It isn't about having your life go on and saying, oh, I'm going to implement or put my transformation around it. The best example that I have ever heard of this was a a man who was committing and decided to run four miles a day every day of the year. And he did this early on. And when he was in October, it was asked of him, how did you do that? How did you actually complete what you have committed? And he said that he had built his days around the four-mile run as opposed to having the four-mile run fit around his days. If you think about that, how are you committing to the change that you want in your life? Is it on the outskirts? Is it when it can happen? Is it part of the extra super sub, super like chocolate on the Sunday, or is it the actual ice cream? And that I think is a profound, significant difference for those who are actually committed and creating shifts in their life and those who are thinking about it or playing with it. In order to make changes on your external world, you have to make changes on your internal world. In order to grow your business, you must grow within you. In order to change aspects of your life, you have to change you. This isn't about more, different, better. It's about real transformation. How are you approaching your world and creating? We create from the inside out. And this is something that I believe is a lost art. And I believe that while there's a lot spoken to in the personal growth world about our mind affecting our success, I don't believe that there is help with practically applying that and teaching people how to really go about doing that. In quantum physics, through many scientific experiments, we've learned that the physical world bends and morphs to reflect the non-physical world. In other words, it means your thought creates. This is an opinion. This is fact. And not understanding and assimilating it is what keeps too many in a lower level of life happiness and contribution than those who do know how to apply it. If it is not in your external world, again, it's because it's not coming and going on from inside. We work from the inside out. So you have to be the identity of the outcome that you want. When you try to simply change your behavior, you're, you're trying to change at the wrong level. You have to change at an identity level. If you think about the individuals who are lotto winners and then a year later have the same amount of money that they once they did prior to winning the lotto, it is because they have not changed at an identity level. A good example perhaps is Oprah, who has all the money in the world and who has voiced her desire to become more fit and thin at times in her life. And even when she's lost a ton of weight, she's returned to her threshold weight because she has not become the identity and the being of those characteristics and qualities needed to be a fit person. 
We have to understand that we have to be in advance what it is that we desire to create or experience is be, do, have. When I'm being this, I will do these types of behaviors and habits so that I have or create what it is that I want. Most of us operate from a platform of when I have this time, money, energy, I will do these things and then I will be able to be successful. And that is the backwards operation and why so many of us remain stuck. And this is the thing that I, when I start talking to people, see that they're stuck in is that they cannot think their way to success. How you got into your problem from that level of thinking is not going to be the way that you get yourself out of it. We have to go to the hundredth floor and not be in the weeds as we seek to create a new option. I was just with a client who is seeking to double his sales goal. And he knows that he's and feels in his body, he's completely capable of it, but he is operating and looking for solutions at a very current circumstance level. So what that means is that he needs more support with his clients, but he is unable to figure out how that could happen. He's working from a circumstance level. I must have this. I must have the support to work with my current clients so that I can do these things, go out and sell more to my prospects, and so that I can be at the level of achievement that I desire. And what I explained and what we worked through is that he first has to actually be the embodiment or the identity of that level, that top 1% salesperson, so that he can and will do the behaviors that bring him to have that level of success or achievement that he desires. Specifically for this individual, it was that he would need to be, to be at that identity level. He would have to have certain qualities. So I asked him, who does he need to be committed to being in order to get those specific outcomes? And when he started at the hundredth floor as if he had already achieved this level of success or sales, he knew that he needed to be committed. He needed to be organized and disciplined. How that be continued to translate is I said, if you were operating, what would you be doing differently if you already had achieved this? And he was able to say, I would have more help. I would not be doing these specific mundane and lower level tasks that are preventing me from going out and selling more. And, but he said, but that's not possible. That's not how my organization works. And I said, if it was possible, if you were operating from that place, who would you have and how would they help you? And he was able to get very specific on, for example, he said, I wouldn't go home tonight and do these two hours of administrative work. Instead, I would call so-and-so and I would dictate what it is that I know. And there was a part of him, his subconscious mind that was running in, in opposition to that. He felt very bad about asking for such trite work, in essence, from another person. When he got himself on board and realized that the most responsible thing that he could do was to ask this individual, and he, this individual, when he said it, when I think about it now, she said that her greatest joy is being able to take off the or lighten the load of those who have so much on their plate he realized that right before him was a resource that he had been ignoring for some time. That's how this works. When you can reprogram your subconscious mind to be able to see a vision clearly and imprint it on oneself, you'll come up with new resources and suppliers and clients and 
tap into other parts of wisdom that you didn't know that you had. I'm going to get more specific about this. This is the secret sauce and the really the formula to reprogramming your subconscious mind. It is consistent repetition of visual imagery accepted as already true. I've learned this from one of my favorite teachers, Jim Fortin, and this application, I will break down a little bit further, but it can be used in all areas. I know we're talking about business and career, but this can be used in all areas of your life. Consistent repetition, step one, our brain understands and learns, as we all know, through repetition. Repetition is the mother of learning. Anything that we master is because we have been repeating it. And your brain research has shown, obtains and really has things stick after about 10 times of repetition. So you can be one or two times, it's interesting, repeat it again, huh? But at 10 times, it wakes up and it starts to begin to form a new neural pathway in the brain, which creates a new habit or default. The second piece, second step is visual imagery. That piece is that the subconscious mind understands and speaks in the language of visual imagery. This is the five senses, seeing and and tasting and smelling and hearing and touching. And when you can make something more visceral and emotional, our brain can actually make a connection with it. That is, again, the language of the subconscious mind. It was funny, I was talking to my son last Friday, and he said to me, Mama, do you know where we were last year at this time? And on this very specific day, and I said, no, what? And it was the last day of a camp that he had, both this year and last year. And he was recalling that I had been stung on the toe while we were walking through this big grassland with my flip-flops on by a bee. And the stinger was still in it, and we were in the middle of a field, and I was it was more painful than I had (laughs) recalled a bee sting. And he could tell I was in a great deal of pain and he didn't know what to do. And he was trying to help me and he was throwing water on and he was skipping and jumping about. But he obviously had a very emotional experience. And for that reason, he could remember to the hour and the date of what happened in that last, that last, a year ago. And the same way when you know where you were on 9-11, but you don't know where you were on 9-3. When we are able to link emotion to an experience, our brain will imbibe it. The last part or the third part of the formula is accepted is already true or accepted is already achieved. Our brain doesn't know the difference. Our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. So it simply speaks and understands whatever it is you're telling it and seeks to make it true. Speaking to ourselves as though something has already been achieved or happened simply allows our brain to stand up and go forth and claim it. It's understood by science, as we've all heard the science, but that we get 11 million bits of stimuli per second, but that our brain can only register or process 40 bits per second. The 40 bits that it processes is the information that it is told to look for. We have to be very conscious and deliberate about that which we are feeding it. But again, we this is that's a piece of information or a stat. How do you apply practically this formula? And I have found that the 
most easy and consistent residual effect, I guess, that has been successful for my clients is that is to write a movie. It's actually the reason that I am doing the work that I do today. Some many years ago, about 20 specifically, I was asked to write a movie, which in fact had these three parts of the reprogramming of the subconscious mind with it. And I did not know this at the time, but that I would write with visual imagery that which I desired to create or contribute or experience and to operate as if it had already happened. And so I went about writing what my future relationship looked like and what my health looked like, my future career, the business I was going to start and how much I would make and the new things I would attract into my world and experiences that I would have, the children that I would have, all of it. I wrote it all down. And I didn't just write it down. And I think that's what's really important is I did, I was told to reread and to formulate a new neural pathway in essence of with consistent repetition of that visual imagery. And what happened is I started showing up with new habits of behavior and making new requests and seeing new resources and answers to my old problems that I didn't even know existed. And sometimes I wasn't even working on them directly. And that's the amazing thing when you begin to use this formula of reprogramming your subconscious mind. So let me give you the parts of how you write your movie. There's a client that I have that doesn't write a movie for themselves or her, him or herself. Specifically, it is to choose whatever kind of movie that you want. It can be an adventure or a drama or a romance, but that you're the main character and that you're, you go out as far as you want in life. It can be 12 months, 18 months, three years, and that you see it as already achieved and you write it with technicolor and visual imagery and you feel it in your bones. And then once you've written it, know that you always can tweak it. It doesn't have to be permanent or forever. I often go back into my movies and rewrite them and add a little juice if I can. And then it is about rereading it. It's that consistent repetition that's in step one every day, sometimes morning, noon, and night, my high performers are doing. Bringing it in, it certainly should be part of a morning ritual. And what happens, and I, I mean, I write movies even for a week at a time. So it's Friday night at cocktail hour, and this is what's happened. And I see it in advance, and I make it magical, and whatever I want to put in it, the sky's the limit. And what's amazing is after rereading it every single day, it's you, you begin to organize your mind and fit into the pieces into a schedule and it becomes very practical and you see these opportunities in front of you that you wouldn't see if you hadn't been doing the application or reprogramming of your mind. Again, you cannot think your way to success. You have to be that person first and to even get a little bit clearer or juicier on how you're going to write that movie. One of the best questions that I think is practical and can help you make your movie more robust is this question. It's a master question. Who would I be being? What would I be doing? And how would I feel if I already had that? And then begin to operate from that frequency, from that note, from that energy, from that being, from that identity, whatever word you want to create around that. 
Be the person who is already there in advance. I was working with a person who was interviewing the other day and she started to have a lot of self-doubts and was focusing on possibility of some conflicts with regards to the interview, even though she was far along in the process. And I reminded her to come back to operating during her next interview as though she already had that job, as though she was the most fit and capable and would be the most contributive to the new role. And I asked her how she would feel and who she would be and how she'd behave if she already was there, because that's what an interviewer is looking for in order to give the yes or the acceptance or the offer. So be that which you want to create. I do it all of the time and I see my clients doing it all of the time. And I have to say, this is not about achievement for achievement's sake. This is about achieving so that we are utilizing and unleashing our full potential. Many people are walking around at a at 20% of their potential or 20% of what they're able to contribute and give to the world. If we were all operating at our highest levels of what we've been gifted with, can you imagine what a different world it would be? Again, you can't think your way to success. You have to be that person first and you need to reprogram for the outcome that you want. You can't do what your software isn't programmed for. And the good news is that it doesn't matter what you have been programmed to believe or what's been imprinted on your brain in the past. Sun Tzu has a powerful quote, which perhaps helps to complement what I'm describing here. A successful warrior wins in his mind and then goes to battle. A defeated warrior goes to battle and then tries to win. Use all that you've been given and apply this simple step to rewriting the next half of your life. I look forward to hearing about what you create when you do. I'm also looking forward in September, some things that are going on here in Rita Highland Coaching is that we're going to be having a class. I'm going to be piloting a class that will be online and active and a group coaching format to teach some of these things at a much deeper level and actually apply them. If there's something that you're interested in, be looking out for more information in the coming weeks. And certainly if it's something you're completely passionate about making sure you're part of because there's a limited number of spaces, write me back and we will make sure to hold a space for you in advance. I look forward to talking to you in our next podcast. In the meantime, have a wonderful week. Thanks for tuning in to Playing Full Out. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes for more tips, tools, and inspiration to leading the optimal vision of your life, love, and leadership. And remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the fullest version of you at play.